Good morning. Whether you're joining us on the live stream or here in person, welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, co-lead minister for values and mission at the church, and I am so glad to be with all of you this morning. I especially want to welcome our visitors this morning, including those who are furry, scaly, feathered, or otherwise clothed. You are all welcome. Also, if you'll go to austinuu.org, click on worship, and then the link to the online visitors form, we'd love to learn more about you also. We come out of a long tradition of recognizing a spark of the divine in every person, And it's in that tradition that I invite you to greet the holy among us this morning. If you're online, do so in the comments. And if you're here in person, please turn to those around you. Please join me in saying the words to light the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Today's call to worship is entitled Dogsology and comes to us from the Reverend Laura Kim Joyner, who is a straight cis female human of European descent. Reverend Joyner is a wildlife veterinarian, a Unitarian Universalist minister, and certified trainer in nonviolent communication. For all that dwell below the skies, let songs of hope and faith arise. Let peace, goodwill on earth be sung, or barked or howled by every tongue. This congregation has a common purpose. It's our religious purpose. It guides our decision-making. It guides our ministries and programs. We wrote it together, we put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Our story for all ages today will be presented by Alex Capitan, who was our guest speaker last week. It will be on video, so I will invite the children to remain seated for the story and then to stay seated after that also because this is a all-ages service. So I've got a story for you today. Do you like stories? I know I do. I actually wrote this story myself, and it's called The Story of Bat. Here's how it goes. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, in a faraway land, a terrible fight broke out between the mammals and the birds. Now, as you might know, mammals are all the animals that are furry and have teeth and carry their babies inside them until they're born. And birds are all the animals who can fly and have beaks or bills and lay eggs in nests, right? You see, the mammals didn't trust the birds, and the birds didn't trust the mammals. 
They were just so different from one another that they didn't understand each other. The mammals didn't know what it was like to see the world from way up above, and the birds didn't know what it was like to be covered in fur instead of fluffy feathers. So the birds and the mammals started to fight. But there was one animal who didn't understand the fighting. It was Bat. <laughs> bat couldn't pick a side in the fight because Bat felt like she was a little of both. After all, bats are furry and have teeth, but they also have wings and can fly. Bat was friends with both birds and mammals. She would go flying with her bird friends, and she would snuggle with her furry mammal friends. When the fight broke out, Bat was really sad. She went to both the mammals and the birds and begged them to stop the violence. Don't you see? She said to the other animals. You're not that different from each other. We all feel love and hunger and pain. Look at me, she said. I am furry, yet I can also fly. I am proof that there's no real divide between mammal and bird. But the other animals wouldn't listen. They had been told all their lives that birds and mammals were at odds with each other and had nothing in common. They had been taught to fear one another. Pick a side and stay there, Tiger said at the mammals camp. Stop pretending to be something you're not. What are you really? Eagle screeched the next day at the bird's camp. I am both and neither, Bat said. But that was inconceivable to the other animals. Even her bird and mammal friends laughed in Bat's face, made fun of her, pushed her aside, and kept on fighting each other. At first, Bat was too sad to do anything more. But then she realized that there were other animals like her, animals that were different from the others. Who do you think she went and found? She went and found platypus. Platypus is amazing. Platypus has a bill and lays eggs like a bird, but is furry and has no wings like a mammal. Bat also went and found flying squirrel who is furry, yet flies through the air. Bat, platypus, and flying squirrel went and found <laughs> ostrich and penguin and kiwi, who are all birds that can't fly, so they weren't part of the fighting. Now there were more animals, look at them all, <laughs> who could help the birds and the mammals understand that not all birds are the same and not all mammals are the same and they should stop fighting and get to know each other better. It was hard, but the other animals finally listened and stopped fighting. They started realizing how amazing it was that there were so many differences amongst them, that birds can be as small as tiny hummingbird or as massive as albatross. And mammals could have tusks like elephant or the softest fur like bunny. <laughs> they also realized that there were some birds and mammals that were more similar to each other than to their own kind. Owl and hedgehog realized that they both like staying awake at night 
And Loon and Otter realized that they both loved water. Eventually, everyone forgot that it had been Bat, who was the bravest one of all, and had stopped the fighting. And that was just fine with Bat. What mattered most to her was that all the animals were at peace, and that she'd made a whole bunch of new friends like her, who were different in the coolest ways. The end. <laughs> I hope you liked my story. I wonder if you've ever felt like that. Have you ever felt like people expected you to be one thing or another when you're actually neither or a little of both? I've often felt like that because I'm not a woman or a man. My gender is non-binary. To me, being a UU means being friends with people who are really different from me and valuing all of our differences and helping other people understand that difference is beautiful. That's part of what it means to live our faith. Now is the time in our service when we center ourselves together. We breathe together. And today as we breathe together, let us channel the river of love that flows through our universe to those mourning the folks killed in yet another mass shooting last night. May our prayers rise up and demand an end to the senselessness. Breathing in, breathing out, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside a place of greater wisdom, a place where that spark of the divine resides within each of us. And as we breathe together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that in this congregation, the sounds of small children and other human sounds, and today, other creature sounds, are a part of the silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, let us now enter into that sacred silence together.
Today's reading calls on the Bible, which is one of our six sacred sources. It is from Job 12, verses 7 through 10. But ask the animals, and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky, and they will tell you, or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the breath of the divine has done this, in whose care is the life of every creature and the breath of all humankind? Today is our annual pet parade and animal blessing service. So, that raises the question, why do we come to adore our animal companions so much sometimes that we hold a ceremony to show them off and bless them publicly? Well, we're exploring the spiritual theme, finding our center in the church this month, and one reason may well be that they, in fact, quite frequently help us find our center. They are a blessing to us. And as we begin our annual blessing service today, here is a brief moment for beloved community. Let us consider today how all of the creatures, creatures of this earth are a blessing to us and how we might bless them. For instance, we might bless them by choosing food sources that avoid animal cruelty, such as factory farming. If you've ever driven through any number of rural areas in Texas and seen the rows upon rows of cows forced to spend their entire lives in pens so narrow they can't even turn around, you have seen just one of these terrible, horrible practices. We can also bless all of our fellow beings by doing all that we can to combat climate crisis that is threatening to to bring about mass extinctions across the globe. Now, the good news is there is so much we can do in all of these areas. To find out more, talk with our great Green Sanctuary team leaders. They're available at a table in Housen Hall on the third Sunday of each month and by email to green at austinuu.org. Now about those talking dogs and cats with their AAC devices. Some scientists have questioned whether these animals are really communicating through these devices. Was the video we watched earlier staged by that pet owner? Are these animals actually just responding to elaborate operant conditioning, pushing those buttons in reaction to subtle reward cues from their owners, rather than actually communicating. Well, other scientists have studied this in more controlled environments, and they have found that dogs can indeed form short, sentence-like phrases using AAC devices, someone agrees, even using them to recall the past or anticipate future events, such as an owner who's been gone returning. And the research on our history 
and interactions with their animal companions shows that they have developed myriad other ways of connecting and communicating with us. Now, I'll concentrate on dogs because scientists have done most such research with dogs. However, the same research is now being done with cats and likely will be done with other animals also. By some estimates, dogs and humans have been companions for up to 35,000 years. It's likely dogs evolved from ancient wolf species. These wolves were probably first attracted to humans because of our excess food scraps. Over time, humans found that these new animal companions could warn of potential dangers, provide warmth and protection, help with hunting, herd other animals, etc. In fact, some scientists believe that humans would have never made the transition from hunting and gathering to farming, herding, and ranching, and thus organized civilization if it were not for our dog companions. Cats and humans appear to have been companions for at least 10,000 years. And over all those millennia, we seem to have developed an epigenetic understanding of one another. When humans interact with dogs or cats, each species produces a hormone called oxytocin. Oxytocin is associated with bonding, feelings of well-being and self-worth, lowered anxiety, heart rate, and blood pressure, and love. Talk about finding our center. Now, studies, though, have found that cats produce only about one-fifth the level of oxytocin as do humans and dogs. So they really are more aloof and independent as we have thought. Researchers have also discovered that the vast majority of human babies and puppies seem to have an innate recognition of one another, as demonstrated by this. Lots of oxytocin being produced in that too cute video. Likewise, the science now says that humans and dogs have developed this uncanny ability to read one another's emotions. Now, humans tend to express our emotional state on the right side of our faces. So in one experiment, researchers used eye tracking equipment with dogs. When they showed them human faces, the dog's eyes tracked to the left, which meant they were looking at the right side of the human faces. When they showed them inanimate objects or other dogs, though, their gazes were just random. Other researchers recorded dogs barking or making other sounds in a variety of different situations. They then played these sounds for people who lived with dogs, but without showing or telling them the situation. These dog owners were able to accurately detect the state of the dogs and their situation 
just by listening to those sounds. And investigations have also revealed that dogs, as well as cats, can not only detect our emotional state, but can also often tell when we are physically ill or hurt. And they try to care for and comfort us. I witnessed this several years back when my spouse Wayne was dealing with a serious physical condition. He's doing fine now. Kiara, one of our dogs at the time, would not leave his side. Wherever he was, she would curl up right next to him. Our other dog, Sir Virgil, was the alpha dog in our pack, so he had to go make his rounds protecting our territory, but he too would periodically check in on Wayne to offer cuddles and comfort. Perhaps even more amazingly, our animal companions often sense our physical or emotional state even before we do. Recently, when I got sick because I had developed an ulcer, the treatment for which seemed to be working great so far, not sacred pulpit wood, our current dogs, Benjamin Franklin and Louisa May Alcott, they started wanting to be with me constantly, but at least a couple of days before I even realized that I was getting sick. And... And it turns out such animal companionship is good for us. It benefits both our physical and psychological well-being in an amazing number of ways. Some of you have likely seen the huge difference therapy animals can make. Older folks who live without other human beings have actually been found to live longer if they have pets. A few years before the pandemic struck, my mom, who was in her late 70s and who lived alone at the time, fell and quite literally broke her neck. The neurosurgeon told me that he would have to go in and attach metal rods and screws to hold the crushed vertebrae in place. He also told me that she might not survive the surgery. She did. And even though the whole family had all gathered to support her, the entire time she kept asking for her dog, Blaze, and her cat, Breeze. I was like, Mom, all of your adult human children are here. <laughs> Actually, it was okay. You see, I'm convinced that part of what helped pull her through was her desire to be with those animals she loved again. I remember thinking that they really should have let us bring them to visit her. Now in her early 80s, she still has Blaze, as well as a younger man with whom she and Blaze cohabitate. He's in his 70s, so we've started calling her a cougar. Some healthcare facilities do now allow visits from pets or even for people to keep their animal companions with them, even skilled nursing centers. This is because, again, the research shows that even in the toughest of circumstances, such as those involving Alzheimer's or other forms of dementia, we do better if allowed our pets.
So our animal companions bless our lives and help us find our center in these and so many other ways we are only now beginning to discover. Let we who are thus blessed now offer our blessings in return. We will now bless our beloved animal companions. We will do that together because in Unitarian Universalism, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. So I will invite you to join me in the blessing. We will start by holding our right hand over our beloved animals. You can do this at home also if you would like. For all the ways that you enliven my days, I bless you. For moments of oxytocin-induced bliss, I bless you. For knowing how I'm feeling even before I do, I bless you. For so many moments of joy and laughter, I bless you. For entrusting me with providing you with care and nourishment, I bless you. For providing me with care and comfort, I bless you. For helping me to find my center during times when I have struggled, I bless you. For all the many ways you bless me more than I ever could you, I bless you. I bless you. I bless you. Please join me in saying the words to extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go back out into our world today, I offer you some wisdom we might discover from our cat and dog friends. Show joy when you first see your loved ones after being apart. Except in the most dire of situations, retract your claws. (laughs) Unless it is all in good, playful fun. Growling a little or hissing some will often make biting unnecessary. Knock something off the shelf every once in a while. (laughs) Delight in simple joys. Play a lot. Never try to persuade human beings to be reasonable. (laughs) Purr loudly or wag your whole body when you're happy. Sometimes a good howl or some hissing can help a lot. Nap just for the pleasure of it. Comfort others. Accept comfort when you're able. Love freely, but never lose yourself in doing so. May the congregation say amen Amen. and blessed be. be. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.